And I have to be honest, I am truly excited to speak to you this morning. Uh, lately, there's been an excitement that's come back. And I don't know, and don't take that wrong, but this kind of like this excitement for the word. And, and as it's not just preparing a speech. I don't, I don't sit down and think, I want to prepare a speech. But there's actually an intertwining of the spirit of God when we prepare to, to give a word. And I believe even in our service today, there's been an intertwining in your spirit to receive a word today. Do you believe that? That there, there's something bigger happening at hand than just gathering at church there's something greater happening at hand in, in the days that we're living. Um, because, you know, I pray, God, take, take control of my mind and, and take control of my lips. We're talking about God here. And I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. We're, we're, we're talking about God. He can do anything he wants to. And we're praying, God, that you give us another fresh word today, uh, a, a new word uh, there, there are times in my heart when I get into God's presence and I say, God, I don't, I don't want to leave this moment. I don't want to leave this right here. I, I don't even know how that looks, but you, you've been there before. When God begins to speak to you in such a way, you say, I don't want to leave this moment. It feels so right and it feels so good. Um, the best way I can describe that is when you hold a toddler or you hold a newborn child. You, you know that feeling that you, you love them so much, you, you kind of want to just squeeze them, right? You ever, ever held a... My wife is very... She does this. When she's like, I just want to squeeze them. She'll even say things like, I just want to eat them up. Because she, she, she says, I have so much love to give. It's like I, I can't even express how much I love them, but I can't squeeze them too hard because they'll break, right? But... That's how I want us to feel towards to God. When there's times where I'm thinking, God, what we've given you today in worship, God, what we've offered you, it's not enough. Amen? God, it's not enough just to, to come and to sing some songs. And as good as it is to hear the songs and to hear the word, it's not enough. I want to express to God, I want to really give you more right now. I want, to, I want to go deeper in your presence. That is my prayer for us as a church body. As God is really bringing the word back to life. And, and I'm excited about some things that I never thought I'd be excited about in some difficult seasons. But how many know, even when we go through difficult seasons, God's word still ignites a fire in us. Amen? And so I'm excited about it. And I'm praying that we would experience more. You know, when I was younger, especially preparing sermons, it was funny because last week I had another, a young person was here. She's not young anymore, but she was in my youth ministry. And she's a part of the church uh, in Pennsylvania that sort of my youth ministry has started and, and it's, it's grown enormously. But she was with us last week and she's like, Pastor Pete, your preaching style has changed since you were our youth pastor. I was like, that's a good thing. I used to preach sermons. Destiny might remember. I had a sermon about Gilligan's Island. Yeah, she might recall that one. And I had all kinds of like clever sermons, but uh, it would stress me out, and I would practice, and I would prepare for hours. But I've come to the place now, and I'm at the age where, God, it's all about you. 
Amen? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really stress me out anymore. I, I do prepare, and I prepare a lot more in prayer than I actually really do in, in, in studying notes. But I, 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 God, it's all about you. And how many, when we get to that place, and I, we begin to say, Lord, let your spirit manifest in the word this morning. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I pray that you would speak through me right now. As we understand the gravity of being in your presence, Lord, that Moses can even look at your face. And I think sometimes in life, God, we go through life and we, we kind of we forget about how great you are. God, I pray that you would call people in this room right now to leave their comforts and to make your glory known on the earth, God. That is our heart. We, as a church, hunger for more of you, God. We want to go deeper today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would fall on us in such a way this morning, God, that, that, that we would all be changed. All be changed, God. God, we love you. Awaken us to this amazing mystery of who you are, this, this amazing story that we are a part of. God, you are so good. You are so wonderful. And we love you so much today, God. Speak to us in this word, Lord. Wake up the church that we would all fall in love with you over and over and over again. Thank you, Lord, for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I am excited. I've been, I've been speaking, uh, first of all, two weeks ago. Well, actually, it was three weeks ago. The first time I preached this, this message called Entrusted. God has given us a measure of things he's entrusted us with. And, and, I, and I, I went to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 4, as you find Paul at the end of his life. This is his last writing. This has been kind of our, our baseline in this whole series. And I, and I really want you to get it this morning. We're going to spend most of our time today in the Old Testament. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, Paul paints a pretty stark picture of, of godlessness in the last days. What that looks like. How is that defined and, and, and he's talking to this young pastor, and he's, he's saying, I entrust you with the church. I entrust you in handling the truth properly. Timothy, I'm giving you the keys to this car. I'm entrusting you. Drew just got her learner's permit, permit this week, and, and she's already driven our car. And I, there's a part of me, and this is the fourth time now, where I'm entrusting you with this heavy piece of metal driving at high speeds down the road. Amen? But I trust, I trust, and it's interesting. So 2 Timothy Timothy. Chapter 3, verses uh, 1, and then so on. We'll go, um, I think, to about 5 or 6 here. Paul says this, but understand this. In the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. This is tough, isn't it? (laughs) Unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Let's do one more. Verse 7, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And then, so he goes on to talk about how scriptures God breathed. And then in chapter 4, the very end, he gives the charge. Chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. By having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, tell them what they want to hear, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So we know that's where Paul then goes on in verse 7 and talks about, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And then he gives some final final instructions. And that's, that's kind of the, the idea of him entrusting Timothy with this ministry. But talking about in the last days, there will be a sense of, of urgency to tell people to be what? To be diligent, to be teachable, to be in the word of God. And he's entrusting them. Paul is entrusting Timothy with this with this charge of of the church. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to stop here just for a second. And like I said, we will land this plane in the Old Testament in Exodus. Philippians chapter 2. How many are excited this morning just to be in God's presence? Amen? Amen. So, And reading his word is the best. I can just read his word all day and be like, there's your sermon, because that's the best word. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being in the same mind, the same love. He's he's literally collectively telling the church, collectively, let's be in the same spirit, the same mind, having the same love, being in one or full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition, there's that word again, but of conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. That's a very significant scripture if you were to ask me. He's saying when you gather together, consider others more important than yourself. And that is counterculture in our world that we live in today. Many times the world we live in is me first, you do you, and then, and then I'll worry about everyone else. But he's saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition, right? Don't come into God's presence on selfie mode. You know, coming into God's presence on, well, I, I hope this song is the song I like, and, and, or, or this or that about me, but coming into God's presence about God, this is about you and glorifying you and, and lifting one another up in worship, that we could be in, uh, in accord. You know, what, what, it, what would it look like if we all just kind of spent an hour this morning in God's presence before we even came to church? What would, it, what would it sound like if we were all singing out with one voice? There's something powerful about one voice, 
Uh, there's something powerful, and there's also probably something very threatening to the enemy when the church begins to come together with one voice, with one mind, and in one accord. The enemy starts saying, I have to stay far, far away. There's something powerful about that, and it made it very clear here in the Scripture. And, and, and the more I am in a relationship with Christ, and you are in a relationship with Christ, the more that I realize... When we are together, we are experiencing him. And as a body, we, we, we have the honor to say, God, we are experiencing you. We are experiencing your presence as a body of Christ. And, and I don't know how many times I go to God, and it happens all the time, and I, and I say to God things like, God, could it be that this time, Lord, I pray that this time your church, your people would really discover how much you love them. I pray that all the time, God. Could it be this time, God, that church won't be the same? Would it be this Sunday, God, or you just kind of wreck our, our agenda and let this, is this the time? And I pray that all the time, God, let this be the time that we will leave church and as we leave church, we can't stop talking about you, God. Will this be the time that when we leave church and we get in our cars, we're still having like this overflow experience of how great God is? And I want to ask yourself, how quickly do we turn that off? How quickly do we go right back into ourself? Look at what I've done in talking about my week and what I have to do. But I, I encourage you that we should stay in the presence of God longer and, and visit that more often. Amen? That every single day, if we can just start our day, even if you're in a hurry, saying, God, I just want to spend a few moments in your presence and glorifying you and stop talking about me. You know, I pray that the first thing you do when you roll out of bed is not to check your Facebook. Because then it's about what? Yourself. Who, who liked me? Who liked what I do? I pray that you can stop for just a moment and say, God, today is about you. And I want to experience you in the fullness. So uh, this is something I pray. And I think about Moses. And I think about Moses talking about Exodus today. And, and we're going to go to Exodus chapter 19 if you have your, your Bible there in front of you. Exodus chapter 19. And I, and, I, and I truly believe as a church we are seeing things happening on a quicker pace. Things that were prophesied thousands of years ago. And Exodus chapter 19, I love this story. and I love this scene. I pictured the scene here. Remember, remember what I said earlier that, that uh, it's been three months. It's been three months or so. It's in the third month since they left uh, the, the captivity of the Egyptians and they've crossed the Red Sea and manna from heaven has fell and waters come out of the rock and there's been a song been sung and, and all these things. The lot, a lot of stuff is happening. And now we find the people of Israel and Moses at the Mount and Moses is going up and down, right? He's, he's, in God, he's going up to be with God. And, and they can see him, but the Bible says that they're at the base. And Moses is the one going and speaking to God. It says this in verse 16, chapter 19 of Exodus. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. What, what an amazing scene that is. So that all the people in the camp trembled. 
We're talking like a million people here, okay? Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke. Just stop right there. That, that's, that, that whole scene is absolutely amazing, isn't it? The mountain is shaking. The sound of the trumpet is like thunder. And the people are there at the base of the mountain. And it says Moses spoke. And God answered him, how? In thunder. Whew. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Now, he had the people come to a point, and he said, but you must stay at the base of the mountain, or you will die, basically. You can't go up. So God calls Moses up to the mountain, and you see God speaking to Moses, and, 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 and Moses speaking to God, and God is answering him, and God says, I'm going to do this for you. First of all, I'm establishing you as a leader, and I want the people to respect you. I want them to know that you know me, because you're about ready to hand them some commands, Exodus chapter 20. And, and so, and I love that scene, but I, I, I imagine all the people waiting can you imagine you're, you're, you're there at the base of the mountain and you're hearing these things happen? And, and I'm sure they were just waiting for Moses to come back. And, just, and, and, and I'm, I can almost hear them saying, what did he say? What did he say? What did God say this time? I would want to know, wouldn't you? What was it like to stand that close to God, to be in the shadow of his presence? What did he say? And I believe that the church, the 21st century church, still has this mentality of, of, of like one or two people get to go close to God. And then everyone, what did, what did they say? What did God say? But how many know the veil was torn at the crucifixion? We all now get to experience the press. Come on. We all get to go with Moses. We get to go up and experience the mountaintop. But see, the, the 21st century has kind of made celebrities out of pastors. Whereas if we almost feel like, now there's nothing wrong with, if, with having a favorite few speakers. I have few of myself. And there's nothing wrong with having someone that leads us and guides us. But we all have the opportunity to be in God's presence. We don't just have to wait for one person to say, hey, I was around God this week, and it was so good. You should come with me. No, we could all say, I was in God's presence, and you were too, and you were too. And the Bible says in the New Testament, the New Testament church says, there is power when we are in one accord. Amen? There is power when we have one voice. So church, it is impossible for one person to be the voice. When God says, now in the New Testament, because of my son Jesus and the veil was torn, we all now can go into the Holy of Holies. Amen? Church, I have news for you. I'm not your Moses. And aren't you glad? I am not your Moses. Now, because the Bible says in the New Testament that the shepherd goes and gets the one. And I believe that many of you have been in God's presence this week. 
I, I, I honestly can say uh, there are moments this week where I knew I was in God's presence. I didn't want to leave that moment. I was in his presence. But the question is this. Is there anyone in this room that can't say they were in God's presence this week? It's not enough to say, well, I'm a believer and, and I know that God is real. But are you truly experiencing the presence of God? Because what I just described in the Old Testament is not just an ordinary dead God. We're talking about his voice is like thunder. We're talking about the mountains shook. So have you been in God's presence where even though you're going through a trial and you're going through a, a, a terrible situation, you still say, God, I'm in your presence. I know that you can work all things together. Amen. I hope that you are experiencing this, this journey of knowing God more. You, you, you recall last week, the scripture that I, I really hit upon was that if you've been saved a while, according to the, the, the New Testament, that you should be a teacher now. You and I have been saved for a while. We should be teaching the word but, and not always receiving the word. And no, I'm not going to bring out a bottle this morning, but that was what we, we were doing last week, talking about how a lot of times people are still have this mentality of feed me, feed me, feed me, when God is saying you should learn how to feed yourself. And then when we come into God's house together, what should happen in this setting, in this corporate setting? This should be the overflow. Amen. How many know when we come into God's house, there should be such an overflow that the roof is about ready to pop off this building because we are praising God together corporately with one voice, with one sound. Amen. Lord, I pray that we would learn to seek you during the week. We would find those moments of being in your, in your presence. Amen. And maybe, maybe the truth is maybe something needs to change in, in your life. You know, it's, it's hard to dwell, as, as, as David poetically said, I, I long to dwell in the house of the Lord. I long to dwell in God's presence. It's really hard to dwell in God's presence if you refuse to stop sinning. It, it's really hard to experience. Now, yes, we were all keep yeah, unfortunately we are all sinners and we are saved by grace but when you when you deliberately sin right you, you you say this is just who i am it's hard to really experience the presence of god when you deliberately are living in a sin life you know when you when you when you can't control your 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 language or your tongue you can't control your your attitude you can't stop how many know it's really hard to experience the fullness of god if you come to him with with god i will worship you but this these few things aren't going to change we need to come to god and say god i'm going to worship you and you can change whatever you want to change amen you understand the mindset if, if I come to God and say, God, change my heart, change me, but, but, but God, I, 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 I'm sorry to tell you this, but I still have to have this and this and that. I mean, that's, it's hard to really fully be in God's presence if we come to God with a list of what we won't change. Amen? God, change me. Moses said he was able to be in God's presence and the radiance of God just shined on him. Lord, I pray that when we leave this house, there'd be a radiance. Amen. That the Holy Spirit would come and just blow the roof off this place. And I know many of you in this room have been, you have been on the mountaintop this week and you've gone into the Holy of Holies. 
And, and when you're alone with God, have you ever sat there and said, like, this is intense? Ever been in a church service or a setting or a prayer meeting or a Bible study and you can just feel the presence of God in a, in a stronger, in a way that you've never felt it before, amen? I mean, God is always there, but there's sometimes that we, we stop that flow. Have you ever been in a, in a, in a meeting where there's just such a, a, a freedom, such a presence of God, you say like, whoa, this is intense. Ever been there before? I mean, I've walked into meetings before. The minute you walk in, you can just tell that the people are in one accord and in and, and one voice. I've walked into our church on a Sunday morning, and for some reason or not, there's like this, this there's a freedom in the house. And, and I start saying, God, I believe that your church, many of your church, they were in your presence this week. And they're bringing an overflow into the house. Amen. Instead of saying, God, feed me, they're saying, God, I'm, I'm here to worship you. And praise you. And God, you will fill me and you will fill the voids. You will fill the cracks in my life. God, this is what we want. It's intense. Amen. How many been there before? <laughs> what would it look like if we spent all week alone with God in his presence and we came together? You know, many of you know that I like to mow grass. Believe it or not, some people do. We're weird. We're a weird breed. Although I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit excited. I'm a little bit pumped that the grass has stopped growing for a little while. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with leaves everywhere, but I'm okay not mowing grass for a little while, especially weed whacking. But how many know in this room? Sometimes, if you ever have that push lawnmower, have you ever experienced the frustration of a push lawnmower that just refuses to start? I mean, you can wear yourself out in just a few minutes. You're pulling on that thing, right? You're like, in Jesus' name. I mean, you, you pump it, you prime it, you change spark plugs, you try everything. And for some reason, sometimes it just doesn't want to start. Matter of fact, you call over your friends, right? You try. <laughs> you know, your arm is fresh. And, and they try, and it doesn't start. And, and you ever get frustrated? For some reason, everyone, like my lawnmower, I'll, I'll, I'll be pulling on it, and, if, and it'll start. And I'm like, praise God. And I go to push it, and it stops. I'm like, this is torture. Well, maybe finally you get it to run after a while. But how I many know if, if week after week you have to do that, it, kind of it will exhaust you. I mean, it, it gets exhausting, and you're tired, and you're frustrated, and, you know. And, and I think in my life, how many times, Holy Spirit, have you had to, like, prime me and pump me? In church, it gets a little bit exhausting if we come every week saying, God, Prime me. And it's like the Holy Spirit is trying to start us. And maybe, maybe you might say, well, maybe your situation is different. But, Lord, I don't want to wait to the fourth song and the last chorus to finally say, God, I'm here for you. I, I, want, I want to come into this place saying, Lord, it's really just whew, fire me up. I'm ready to go. And, and so how that works is during the week, there's some maintaining going on, right? There's some care happening. And, and so in the same way with that lawnmower, God, I want, I want to be able to come into God's presence and not every week have this exhausting moment of, I think I still know you, but I don't know for sure where I'm at. God, I want to, I want to learn to know you more. Amen? I, I want to learn to know God's voice. I want to hear him on Monday. How many probably would say, Lord, Monday's not my favorite day, but I'd still know you're there with me, amen? I want to learn to hear the voice of God when I'm stuck in traffic. 
I want to learn to hear the voice of God when I'm waiting in line at the DMV. How many know he's everywhere? We can't just say, God, empty me. I want all week because we get exhausted. But if we can every day find those moments of being in his presence. Remember, remember all the way back to the beginning, God has entrusted us, right? He's entrusted us with a measure of, of, of gifts. And he's entrusted us with this relationship through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. A price was paid for our salvation. Amen. He's entrusted us through the blood of his son. So, Lord, I pray that we would in turn live a life that is worthy in giving you the praise that you deserve. Just like that baby. I don't know if Heather was in here, but can I just preach at her for a second? I got no. But I talked about how with a baby, because I used her, and I want you all to hear this again, because it's so true, that when you love that child so much, sometimes you just want to squeeze them. If we don't squeeze, why? Because you're smarter than that, and you know the head will pop off. <laughs> Mama had a baby, and his head popped off, dandelion, right? But you want to squeeze that child, because why? You love them so much, you just want to eat them up. And then my wife likes to say they're brand new, that new baby smell. Not the diaper part, but the other part, right? (laughs) But, and I want you to get that in your head today with God. God, I love you so much. It's like, I, I, I can't even express how much I love God. I know how much I feel it, but I want to be able to express it even greater. Amen? And I know you love God so much. And I know, and Lord, I praise the church that we would learn to even express it even greater. How many times, Holy Spirit, do you have to prime us? Many times people will ask, is this all there is? No, there's so much more. Moses was telling the people, Moses was saying, this is what it's like to be in the presence of God. This is, but, but if we say, God, we want more of you, we won't stop. I won't stop until I, I experience the fullness of God. Amen? I won't stop. This road that we're on is long sometimes in life. But, you know, I have the opportunity to speak to pastors all the time. I, this week I've been mentoring a few pastors this coming Saturday, I'm interviewing a new up, a pastor from Detroit. I, I get to decide if he will get his license. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, an honor and also an obligation. Not an obligation, that's the wrong word. <laughs> it's an honor. Let's just leave it at that. But in a few weeks, I'll have an opportunity to speak to a group of pastors at a, at a conference. And my message, I'm literally going to speak this message to these pastors. This is not your job to be Moses. Um, there are many pastors that, you know, the average pastor, only 10% of pastors actually finish as pastors. Most of them don't, don't last all the way through. And I think because sometimes they feel like they have to be a Moses to everybody. You know, uh, and I, I, I try to tell them, it's not your job to be Moses. We are in the New Testament now. Amen? We are not in the entertaining business. It is our job to feed the sheep, but also to go after the one and leave the 99. Amen? We need to learn to feed ourselves, church. All of us in this room have been given a measure. If we learn to feed ourselves, we need to go after the one who has not learned how to feed themselves yet. 
And our world is full of people who just don't know how much God loves them. And so I want to encourage them, and I encourage all of us to understand that we have been given a measure. See, God revealed to me, and I actually wrote this down because I didn't want to mess it up. Pete, you have tried to be everyone's Moses, but this is not the Old Testament. We are in the New Testament. Because many times people think they failed. They failed because people didn't respond a certain way. Maybe as a parent you feel like you failed because your child isn't where they should be. And we, we put this, this guilt on ourselves when all we have to do, all we can do sometimes is say, you know what, God, I'm just going to keep praising you. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep glorifying God. I'm going to keep showing up. Because, God, you've entrusted me with a lot of things. And it's easy sometimes to feel like we have to be everybody's Moses. But, God, you've, you've given us each a measure to teach people how to feed themselves. What if the church, what if we all came in filled all week? How many today say, God, I, I want to come in the next time? Maybe you already came in filled. I, I sensed it in worship today that there was, there was a greater atmosphere. Amen? And there's times during the week where I feel exhausted and I feel spiritually maybe like drained a little bit. And there are moments where I need to be around the, the, the brothers and sisters of Christ and kind of glean off that. But I want to come into this place saying, God, I want to give you the praise. Everybody said, Paul told Timothy in the last days there will be people who will be lovers of self, the selfie mentality. What's in it for me? You know, I, I think about, you know, one of the most obvious stories is in the, in the Old Testament. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden. What did, what did the devil say to, to them? What did the devil say to Eve? He said that fruit looks what? It looks good, doesn't it? He said, don't worry about what God wants. Don't worry about what God says. You do you. Don't worry about what God, God doesn't want you to eat it because he knows you'll be in charge. And so the, the devil didn't come to him and say, worship me, look at me. What did the devil tempt Eve with? You do you. You think about your own self, right? So the devil got, it wasn't so much about worship me. It was like, you do you and get away from God. And you, how many know the enemy still does the same trick today? He convinces people it's all about you and, and, and you don't really need God that much in your life. I mean, if, I think if, if, if the devil is so blatant, he just said, worship me. Now, how many know we're, people do worship the devil in, in, in a way that they don't even realize? But the devil's tricks are about you do you. Jesus said, deny yourself and what? Take up your cross and follow me, Matthew chapter 18. Follow me. Deny yourself. Worship to me. Entrust, God entrusted us with this, this opportunity to worship is about denying ourselves. And I want to end with this. We have to learn to go to the deep places with God. Amen? I, I love to talk about when I go fishing in Canada with our family, which we didn't get to go this year. Dad, we will go next year, I promise. Amen? And, uh, but I've learned over the years, you can go out to this lake and find these weed beds. And I, I want you to understand, when you cast your, your lure towards the shallow waters, um, you're going to catch a lot of fish. But they're probably going to be small. And, and, and as you cast your lure towards these shallow waters, um, 
Sorry, I look distracted. Um, as you cast your lures to the shallow waters, you will find that the fish there are more, are more in supply, but they are smaller. But over time, I've learned that if you cast to the places that are deeper, <laughs> even if you don't see the weed beds, you don't see the, the, the stumps, you don't see the big fish many times are out in the deep waters. And, and, and as a believer, sometimes it's easy to, to kind of cast our, our praise and, and, and do the easy thing. But I'm challenging you today, God, take us to the deep places with you. Maybe that's, maybe that's getting back to a place of fasting. Maybe that's getting to a place of, of prayer and spending that time alone with God before anything else happens. God, would you take us back to the deeper places with you? Would you stand with me? What we need more than anything, church, is to hear from God himself. It's okay to hear from me, but I'm not your Moses. It's okay to hear from your favorite TV preacher, but they're not, they're not God. I mean, no, we need to learn to hear from God ourselves. One of the things I say the most often to people in, in, in any type of setting or or meeting, or leadership, mentoring, counseling, guidance, whatever. When I talk to pastors, I, I always encourage them, learn to hear God's voice. I can't be with you um, 24-7. Um, my dad can't be with me 24-7. Um, my mentors in my life, who I have several, great men of God, I have to learn to fellowship with God on my own. I have to learn how to experience God's presence even when no one else is around and I don't have a cool worship team and lighting. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? And, and I learn to go to those deeper places with God and the fullness of God and I learn how to feed myself. You know, when the church can do this, when we can experience this kind of overflow, when we can learn to, when we dream together, when we, when we serve together, when we give together, when we just kind of have this one voice, it's when the church becomes hungry for something with the same purpose, amen? Hungry for souls, hungry for the lost. And, and I notice in Acts chapter four, verse 24, it says this, it says about this when they prayed. And it says, and when they heard it, verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together and they said that together to God, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. It's as if they were like a choir. Now I'm gonna tell you something today during worship, when I was standing right here, I could hear a lot of voices behind me. And it's, it's so amazing when, I, when we begin to worship together, there's something happens in, the, in, 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 in this place, amen? I, I could hear people, and, and even if it was off key, guess what? I heard someone really singing out, but it was beautiful. It didn't matter if it was off key. It was like, God, I love you. <laughs> I praise you. And it was, to me, God right there who is in this place. Somebody else, God is in this place. He's sitting there going, I came to church today. Because God's not like in the entertainment business. 
I mean, he's in our midst, the creator of everything, the, the voice of thunder, the one who can shake a mountain with just a word. He spoke the universe. He spoke everything into existence. He's in our midst. And with one voice as a body of Christ, God, we want more. I want more of you in my life. I sense in my heart that all these believers and all of us together want more of you in our life. It would be crazy for someone to say, I want God, less of God in my life than there's something we need to talk about. But there's something about that unified voice. God, we've all been with you this week at moments by ourselves, but together we want to experience your glory. We want to experience you, God. There's something amazing. And we thank you, God, that we no longer have to sit at the foot of the mountain like the, like the people of Israel did as Moses went up and down. Lord God, that we can go up together and experience the presence of God through your son, Jesus Christ. The veil was torn. You made a way for us to all enter in. And Lord, my heart truly is that the more that we spend in your presence, the more the things that we struggle with will begin to seem unimportant. Those things that keep us bound, those things that have held us down for so long. Lord God, that when we are in your presence and we are spending those times in, 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 in your word and in prayer, God, as the song says, Lord, and the things of this world will go strangely dim. Thank you for this perspective, God. Praise you, Jesus. Just wait on the Lord right now. The Holy Spirit just give just felt the Lord say there's someone here today he said this is the time is now don't wait another day he said you can run to me today you can turn to me today and I will do great things in your life or today is that day that it's like the time is up I just hear the Lord saying the time is almost up the time is almost up don't choose wrong the time is almost up I don't know who that's for but God is saying right now whatever it is in your life you need to stop. Stop. Because God says you don't even have an idea, a clue of how great, what a thing I want to do in your life. I sense that really strong. There's somebody in this room that you are called to be a pastor. You are called to be a, a teacher. But the God is saying to do that, you got to realize that there's another level. There's another level, and it's got to start. It's got to start. But He says, if you could only, only see what I see, says the Lord. Only see what I see, says the Lord. I don't give out a lot of words. I have to know it's from the Lord if I give out a word, and I sense that strongly, strongly. 
Jesus, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you. Right now, I just, the Lord has shown me like, uh, I see like a, a, a large crowd of people coming to Christ. I don't see a face, but I see like the back of someone. And, and that person, whoever that is, it's God saying, this is what, this is what I want you to do. You're going to lead thousands of people to the Lord. But today you have to decide whom you serve. Choose this day who you serve. <laughs> Father, I thank you for whoever that is. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but I just sense in my heart there's someone here. God says, I, you have a voice I want to use. A voice. Father, we thank you for that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Speak to us, speak to us. Mighty God. Hallelujah, Lord God, as we leave this place in just a moment, God, I don't want to rush. We're not in a rush or in a hurry. Lord, I pray as we walk out of this building today, it's as if something has shifted in our lives. A, 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 a purpose has, has been elevated. A sense of urgency. grab the hand of someone next to you. If there's nobody by you, I'll give you permission. Find someone. We're all family. We're going to pray in one accord, okay? The Bible said if we are in one accord, one voice, I need you to pray with me. I pray for you. You pray for me. Amen? Because I also see this church and I've seen this for years. I've seen this church doing things in this community that almost seem too big sometimes. And when I think about it, I'm like, Lord, really, is that something we are able to do? And I just keep hearing the Holy Spirit say, just, just keep growing. Just keep learning to love me. Just keep pursuing me. And we will let God do his job. Amen? Our job is to worship the King to, to praise our God, to, to be his disciples, the Great Commission, right? To go into all the earth. God, we know that you will do your part, God, that you are God. You have all things in order and in control. God, as a body of Christ, I pray, would you just pray right now, asking God for more, asking God for more. Pray for the person next to you. I just say, God, I pray you just bless them. Give them more, give them wisdom, give them direction. Hallelujah, God. We are the whole body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Bless each person. Bless those on the stage. Bless the worship team, God. Give them more. Take them to a deeper place, God. We want more. We want more. We want more. Hallelujah. All over this place.
Hallelujah, Jesus. We want more of you. pray that we'd have even a, an increase, an overflow coming, God. Lord, I pray even in this body right here, God, I'm going to hear stories from individuals in this room who are going to experience miracles, who are going to pray for the sick, who are going to lead people to Christ. Can I just pray that over you, that you, God, is going to give you an opportunity to lead someone to Christ? That's how we're going to grow. That's the, how the greatest way to grow is by God using us to lead people to Christ. Amen? Father, we pray right now, would you grant us the opportunities that lie ahead, God, to to lead people to Christ. God, I pray that we, our own walk, God, would be so solid that our own walk, God, others would see it. And Lord, it would just be like a magnet for people who don't know you to come to us. Lord, would you use everyone in this building, God, to lay hands on the sick Uh, to do the work of the ministry, God, that we each have been given a measure. We can all go up to the mountaintop, God, and go back down and pray for the the lost and the sick and the hurting God. Would you open that door? Grant us that, God. I know you are. I know you want that more than anything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those employees at the grocery store. I pray for the waiters and the waitresses that we come in contact with. I pray for the mechanic that works in our car. I pray for the the police officer that's helping direct traffic. Lord, I pray for the, the dog groomers and everybody we come in contact with, God. I pray wherever we go, God, that, that the radiance and the love of Jesus would just spill off of us and, and hit others in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that this church would be a magnet, that we would be magnets, because God, you are the God who loves everyone, and let us show that love to others. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. He deserves it all. Amen. We praise you, God. We thank you, God. We celebrate you. Amen. All right, I got to let you go. got to let you go. I hear some stomachs rumbling. I have some leftover baby food if anybody would like some of that. Amen. Lord bless you. Lord.